Coming up on this week's episode of the Zenial Odyssey podcast. Let me ask you, what was an incredibly formative show for your use? Just was a, it was considered a quote unquote fledgling station. Well, I mean, it, it would fit right now. Yep. But um, that, that also fits into the category, Rem, where you were saying like uh, somebody has to do it first. Back in the early 90s, being a homosexual male was very taboo. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, wait, someone's at the door. Oh, hold on. Let me just. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Zenial Oxy Podcast with Bobby Rocks and Remy. Hi, everybody. So, when we left off with the last episode where we are talking about science fiction in the 80s and we teased about talking about TV shows, that's what we're going for this one. We're talking about do it. the TV shows, how they've influenced me, how they've influenced Remy, uh, how they changed in the... Now we're going to talk about like the late 80s, early 90s, because I think that's when it was... Um, that's when we really went somewhere with television shows that normalized things, and I feel like in a good way. Excuse me. Oh, you're very excused. Maybe, uh, maybe I can. Uh... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Best yawn I've ever had. I'm glad you guys appreciated it. All right. So, uh, what I'm specifically talking about is if I so Rem, if I bring up a Fox, let's talk about Fox Television Network. How so, iconic. Yeah, but let's talk about where it is now. Okay. Like how it is now, it's now... A nightmare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a nightmare. You would never think that in the late 80s and the early 90s, even the mid 90s, like it became like the network Dude. for... Sunday nights, you had Simpsons, X-Files, and Married with Children. That's yep. all you have to say. Yep. It was so iconic to sit in front of Fox for at least two hours. And you got to understand this is before we tweeted to each other. So we'd watch it and then get together at work or school the next day and be like, bro, did you fucking see that? Yeah. Or, or for, for someone like my sister, uh, who's just straight up Gen X, like her and all of her friends getting together to watch Beverly Hills 90210. Or Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Oh, yo, Nickelodeon. Oh, there's, See, there's so, so many, much. There's so much we, we have to unpack here. Um, Let's not forget how iconic MTV was. Yes. For, MTV for, still played music. Uh, it was music and like liquid TV. And liquid TV. Unplugged in 120 minutes and yep. yo MTV rap. Headbangers, Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball. Dude. Uh, was that Ronnie? Was it, um, J- or what was? Uh, Ricky Rockman. Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Ronnie Rockman. Yeah, Ricky. Hey, Ricky I'm, was the man. I'm Ronnie Rockman. Playing, playing all the metal hits. Yeah. So one thing that I really loved about the growing up in that era, uh, I was a child and teenager in that era, uh, was that they, it, it opened up a world to me that uh, really wasn't the way the world, but but what it did is when I would encounter elements of the world that they were creating on like those shows, to me it was like okay, well this is this is the norm, and it was and I bring up Fox because uh, we can dive into animation and all that, but I bring up that because let's think of um, let's think of how revolutionary In Living Color was. It was a show started by a black family, but led by Keenan and Ivory who couldn't Wings. get their billing on SNL. Yeah, they tried. Yeah. And what did they do? They had two white people on the cast. Um, they were hilarious. Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that was iconic. But they they basically ran it. They produced it. And they gave it. They made it fly with yep. dancers and urban culture. Like, it was the first time sketch comedy had felt hip. Yes, absolutely. Um, and there's so many things that we could dive into. Things I talk about with my wife, uh, like men on films. 
Men on films broke so many taboos. Yeah, even though even though it was a punchline, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I still will like see a movie and be like, hated it. Exactly. I I, listen. There are times I'm driving alone in my car, and a thought will come in my head about men on films, and I you know I'll just be like, hello, I'm Blaine Edwards, (laughs) and I'm Antoine Merriweather, and welcome to Men Men on on Films. Films. Or the like, show where we talk about films from a male point of view. Yeah, like, it's just yeah, no, and, and there's there's so many characters. Like I think a lot about the blues guy. The guy <laughs> who just sings out anything because yeah. he's got a bluesy voice. Yeah. Like I remember Allison Chains on there unplugged referenced that. And I remember <laughs> oh, that being great. like just that feeling right. Like a weird grunge yeah. man referencing this great kind of avant-garde black comedy show. But I'm going to say again, I'm sorry, I bring this up to people and it's messed up, but like the worst part though, right? They get one guy on the show who's who's white and he's clearly a fucking superstar. Yep. And here's the other thing. Do you know why he was on In Living Color? Because SNL wouldn't give him. They never yep. took Jim Carrey as cast. People need to understand this. And they really got to, um, well, uh, Damon Wayne's got to know him from Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah, like that's where they they and Jeff both, Goldblum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where they really got to know each other. And he's and, like, this guy's cool, and he doesn't have any racial yeah. pretenses. What was the movie? What was the movie that uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's did in the late eight? I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's like so where funny. it goes. Yeah, um, and Amazon. What Amazon Women from the Moon? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we have a lot to unpack here. We're gonna talk about Nickelodeon. Uh, we're gonna talk about Nick, 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 Nick. We're gonna talk about how they broke ground, how Fox was breaking ground. I know people shocking. At one time, Fox was breaking ground. Yeah, no. Before they became a propaganda network, yeah. they were really edgy in what they presented. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about just how, the impact it had on us and how it relates to things today. Because things, certain things today, wouldn't be in place if it wasn't for. Uh, what we the the television we experienced the foundation yeah. and the success it had because that's what ultimately it came down to if it wasn't successful it wouldn't have it wouldn't have uh, it wouldn't have progressed and we wouldn't be where we were listen so. there always needs to be a person to go first and cut the path through the woods yep yeah you're right you're right uh, so yeah as always we're gonna play a song we're gonna come back and we're gonna dive right into it here on the XOP as always everybody welcome to the Odyssey. Sad woman, take it slow, things will be just fine. You and I just need a little small stage break.
All right, so we can come back now. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So where do you want to dive in first, Rem? Um, I think that if we're going to talk about TV, maybe we should do it in a way where there's a little order to it. So let me ask you, what was an incredibly formative show for your youth? Oh, we're, then we're going to start with Nickelodeon. Okay. First, right. I kind of, before any pretenses, listen, um, people need to understand that if we talk about Disney and Nickelodeon, we know what those networks do now. We're aware of people like Dan Schneider. Yep. You know, we're aware of um, Vic Salvo. We're aware of these people and some of the atrocities that happen at these companies, but you need to understand that when we watched them, they hadn't happened yet, or we weren't made aware of them. Yep. So I talk about, I have to be really careful here because I have such disdain for Nickelodeon. Um, you know, just Google Dan Schneider if you're curious as to why, that's all. But um, so I just need people to know that what we're talking about now is separated from the modern platforms of Nickelodeon Correct. and Disney because I just, I can't support them. Correct. Yep. So uh, you bring up what's what was a great show from my formative years, especially as a young child. Yeah. You can't do that on television. Yeah, man. <laughs> Alanis Morissette yeah. was on that. Yeah, uh, And for people who don't know, this is another thing we're, we're, we are going to dive into. Um, if you don't know, uh, Rem, do you know where you can't get that? You can't do that on television got started? I want to make a guess of like SCTV or something. Yeah, it was it's a, it was a Canadian it was a Canadian uh, yeah it was a Canadian sketch comedy show for for young teen, you know children and young adults. I am good, huh? Um, and we're gonna dive into the importance of Canadian uh, sketch comedy uh, in this because oh it don't plays you a, know? Yes, oh it plays a it plays a part. But yeah, um, for people who don't know, I mean it was it was a nonsensical show, but it made there was so many things like Barf Burgers. Uh, the kids who get stuffed in lockers who would come out and just do converse. Bits. Yeah, do yeah. bits with one another. I mean, the sliming when you said, I don't know. Yeah, it's still, they still slime people. Yeah, yeah. Even I, though they don't slime people outside of that show, the sliming is still iconic. And yes. that's because of that fucking show. Exactly. So that was like the really, that was really my introduction to uh, Nickelodeon. And then we go along a little further and we have Double Dare. Yeah, double there, double Great. there, man. That that show always made me wish my family didn't suck. Exactly, and then we get into uh, so so we have like sketch comedy, we have game shows because then we had um, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, living oh. video game. Yes, exactly. And then that, we, they rebooted that this year. Yes, they did. Yeah, okay. and then we get into the early '90s where I really think whether it was cartoons or live action um, TV shows, Nickelodeon just like took off. They murdered, dude. Hey, dude. Hey dude, hey was, dude was yeah. another. They had Hey dude. They had what's that show that was like all that? Yeah, they had a bunch of like they they clearly thought outside the box. Yes, they did. You yep. know, Adventures of Pete and Pete. Adventures of Pete and Pete is still is, great. It is my, it is right up there. That's the next show. If you were to ask me, what are your two shows that you take away from Nickelodeon from your childhood? I would say you can't do that on television and the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah, like um. But then we get into uh the cartoons. I mean, Rugrats. Rugrats. Um, my brain kind of farts, but no. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog yep. was my favorite. Doug. Doug was amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know when Ed, Eddie, and Eddie started, but um, the Secret World of Alex Mack. What about like? Are, are you af are you afraid, afraid of, of the, the dark? dark. Another another, another Canadian show, by the way. Another one that's been rebooted, and the yep. reboot's not bad. It's kind of fun. Yep. And for anybody who's a fan of the show Letter Kenny, there is a cast member from. Are you afraid of the dark? That is on that show. Yeah, Letter Kenny's an interesting. Show. You yes. have to understand uh, Canada. Yeah, bit you do. To you, appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah. You're having sides with your best buds the other day. <laughs> yeah, they're all sitting outside yeah. at the trailer. 
Yeah, but that's, um, that's that, that's why I appreciate you, Katie. Miss Katie, of course yeah. you can quote yeah. all of it. Yeah, I know. I love Bob's got show. a natural penchant for. Yep. Um, so um, a big thing I want to take away from an emerging theme from a lot of the shows that I talked about. We're gonna put Ren and Stimpy to the side because, and and also. Um, Rocco's Modern Life. We're going to take shows Ooh. like that and we're going to put that to the side. Great shows, but they, they are not in this category. We're going to talk about a lot of these shows and what I loved about these shows. Like, Take your pick. Hey Dude. Hey Dude legitimately took place in the Southwest on like a dude, on a dude ranch. On a dude ranch with an actual Native American as a main cast member. Yeah, he had a huge head. Yeah, and it was just, but it was just like, like okay. You know, and then yeah. we have Doug. Then we have Doug, where everybody's a different, just a different color, but uh, it's like never addressed as a weird thing. Yeah, you know, Skeeter is actually black, right? I mean, it makes yeah, yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. right? So, and but in the show, for people who don't know, Skeeter was green, and what that show was kind of telling you is it was just like doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it it really doesn't matter. Um, and we can talk about all that because all that was a sketch comedy for teenagers. Those actors still, most of them are doing stuff. Yeah. Keenan took over SNL. Yes, he did. Longest running cast member yep. now. And Good Burger. <laughs> the, yeah. The spinoff from that. Um, and that was just, that was a multi, that was a multi-cultural uh, show. Uh, you had, and I, I wish I remembered her name. She's the, um, she's the overweight one, but who was on that. Um, on all that. Yeah, I can't. I can't she was on sh- all that, but then she went on to the Steve Harvey show. Yeah, she's hilarious. After that. Yeah, she's phenomenal. She's a right. She's primarily, she writes. That's what for you like do comedy when you get now. those gigs. Um, but to me, like a lot of these takeaways that I got there as a child watching watching the shows is because it, it's impressionable to a child is like this connection, this togetherness. It doesn't matter how you look, doesn't matter what your background is. What matters is is like coming together, and it's like okay, okay, great, all right. And by them presenting it as being so not weird, it was it normalized it and made it not weird for us. And that's why Nickelodeon was was very influential because it did that for children because yep. it was it was a tv network for children excuse me yeah and now we can talk about like rocco's modern life and ren and stampy stuff which that was just cuts above. yeah it, it was cuts above and you look back on it and you're like why the fuck was this even on like a children's tv <laughs> on a saturday afternoon because <laughs> like, it was an avant-garde network was, that was the thing it was they were oh. like we're, we're laying a new foundation for kid entertainment and we're going to be able to define what that is yep you know you got to understand too that like i worship Adult Swim. Adult Swim would not exist. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It would Just, not. It would not exist. Um, but now let's go to uh, let's go to Fox. Let's go back to Fox. All right. So in the late '80s is really when Fox just was a. It was considered a quote unquote fledgling station mm-hmm. because. It it had to go up against like NBC, CBS, ABC. Those were the three. And it it main wasn't networks. hot at first. Like people yep. got to understand that. Like Tracy Ullman show, that's a perfect example. Brilliant, yep. brilliant sketch ahead comedy. of its time. Ahead of well, I mean, it, it would fit right now. Yep. But um, that that also fits into the category rem where you were saying like, uh, somebody has to do it first. Yeah. Tracy Ullman. And and people don't. A lot of people don't know that The Simpsons was a bit on her show yep. that people responded to so hugely that it got spun off. Was the Ben Stiller show on Fox? Yeah, it was. And that's and one of my favorite sketch comedy yeah, yeah. shows of all can time. We, can we talk about all the talent that was... Uh, Bob Odenkirk was on that Bob show. Bob Odenkirk, Janine Garofalo, Andy Dick, Ben Stiller, David Cross. It, it, it was literally... It was literally like a high school college class of the funniest motherfuckers yeah. on the planet. And that's why like, I still watch that show once a year. YouTube has every episode. Yes. Yep. And I'm just like, there are certain bits that kill me. 
like the kill Doug Shafke one <laughs> where the rapper just picks a random yeah. guy in the suburbs to write yeah. a battle rap on. Yep. It, it's, it's, it was, you could tell it was young. It was full of piss and vinegar. And just like everything beautiful, it burnt out too quick. Yep. And, and my favorite thing, because it is my favorite thing, whether it's music uh, or whether it's TV show, all that, when it's, when you are at that early point and you're hungry and it's raw. Yeah. And it's just, it's about the experimentation. Yes. It's about the experimentation. They're kids. Um, They're on LA Boulevard during the show in between bits. Like it's anarchy. Uh, So we have, we can go back. Should we talk about how Andy Dick went from having so much potential to being the creep, one of the creepiest guys in Hollywood? Absolutely. Or is that all we're going to say? That's fair. That sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's fair. Because the rest of them all are still doing so well. And he's famously, famously one of the creepiest guys in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. He's still living off of the fame of like news. He was on, was he, was he on news radio? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's um, another show that had too much talent. Yep. Yeah. And that show would have gone on if it, Phil Hartman hadn't have died. So that that's, was yeah. fucked. Um, but yeah, let's go, let's go back Toxic. to Fox. So for me, the first big show on Fox that was live action that had traction was Married with Children. Yeah, it was the first time a yep. lot of us who grew up in dysfunctional families saw that represented accurately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And most people give credit to Roseanne that that was the first show like that. No. And no, Roseanne no. wasn't as edgy. No. It no, just it didn't wasn't. have that edge. Like, I understand that Roseanne was an honest portrayal of that, but it was more of a sitcom. And I know Married with Children was super, super exaggerated, but man, the, the husband what, who didn't get sex. What's the best, but what's the best form of a. Uh, What's the best form of, of uh, flattery is satire. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Married with Children was about, you know? You now the shoe salesman. Uh, people always joke now. They're <laughs> Kids like, gather around for tang sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but like what they say, what did, what kind of shoe store had Al Bundy buying a, a three-story house in California? Oh, yeah. I forgot it. The world used to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> Probably bought it for 75K. All right. So then we also have, when we touched upon it in Living Color, then- Oh, I didn't think, but the irony is that the guy who got most famous from Living Color was a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Eminem syndrome where Eminem yep. is like one of the most famous rappers and he's like, I didn't start this, you know? Mm-hmm. I've always felt bad for the Waynes, but I mean, they carved their own path, but Carrie became the icon. He did. You're right. You know? Um, and I know the show, they they backed away from the show because uh, as as more successful it got, the more control the network tried to take over. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, you know. We're good. No, could the do you remember the men on films that was live during the Super Bowl halftime? No, like it was about they, theirs was about that, and I mean that stuff just was revolutionary. Yeah, improv, right? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. And they're trying not to laugh, of course, like because like unlike their skits, There's unlike no the recorded skits, edits. one take. Yeah, yeah, one take. And like David Allen, I think David Allen Greer does not get enough credit for like just being damn good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he he would he he would just. Turn it into Antoine Merriweather's like like he would turn he would he would smile he would he would cut it off and they come back and be like you need to stop you know yeah just he turned just it right he, into the joke but they were also the lexicon so they felt the world loving them and yep. that made them give back better yep you know but let's talk about other shows that Fox did that uh, were just great. we talked about the X Files yeah. uh, Living Single yeah Living Single uh, New York Undercover I just and and I bring up these shows because. To, what it did normalizing for me is what I'm talking about is is like minorities, black people, yeah, like, just urban culture that we yeah. wouldn't have been exposed to. Exactly, and and I bring up two two seven and shit, and I bring up living single because, um, to me it was just okay. There's four women that live together it's because they can't afford living on their own, and yeah, there's these two guys that are their friends. Yeah, they're not hookup artists no, or anything. No. They're their friends 
who either live in the building in a different place or they're just a friend. I mean, and wasn't it kind of the blueprint of friends? Isn't it the exact yeah. same show? Yeah. And, and I mean, that show had, that had a show with Queen Latifah. I on know it. it was a great cast. <laughs> and had a, uh, What's her name from the Facts of Life? Everyone thought her career was over, and then boom, living oh, single. Man. And it She's was like, like, no, I have more than one trick. Yeah, yeah. don't count me out. Uh, Martin, Martin was Martin. so iconic. Yes. Um, and and I, I bring up these because <laughs> I laugh just thinking about that show. But I but I bring up these, and I bring up New York Undercover because um, I don't care what people say. That was the first gritty police show that was nice. like on, yeah, on regular yeah. TV. People, it's so normalized now. People will talk about NYPD Blue or Hill Street Blues and all this shit. And I'll be like, no, no. It Bring was, up the grandfather. It was New York undercover. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a sergeant who was like a Puerto Rican woman. It was an African-American detective and another Puerto Rican. Procedural too. Yeah, yes. Yes. And it was them literally going undercover because they could blend in with yeah because they knew how to act like normal people yeah yeah and i mean like those shows were gritty they, they were cutting edge yeah cops yeah cops yep yeah we my uh sherry lynn and i talked about cops on uh as far as the reality angle of it yeah, yeah i mean questionable because, yeah you know but it's great to it was great yeah. tv um so i bring i bring these up because this is what i grew up with so it to me it normalized a lot of things they talked about things like like yeah, i know i'm jumping all over the place but let's go back let's go back to men on films at in the back in the early 90s being a homosexual male was very taboo yeah uh, but in the in the black community it was like taboo times way, taboo. 100 yeah and here they are just like openly you know what? They're like, guess what? There are there are gay black men. It exists. Yeah, and like enjoying the queenliness and the fabulosity yes. of it. You know, it's like, and the theatrics was they exaggerated the theatrics so that when you met gay people in real life, it was nothing like exactly. that. But there was still an air of comfort. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I think that in Living Color, racially, I mean, they did they did the bit with Jim Carrey as are you, are I'm you reg- more, Are you more Blaine Edwards or Antoine Merriweather? <laughs> Bob's on some shit right now, guys. <laughs> Uh, but like Jim Carrey doing the uh, that dude who got his head beaten in with the um, oh Reginald Denny Reginald and, uh, Denny and, yeah um, David Allen Greer did um, and, um, Red, um, Rodney King Rodney King yes yeah but they but even for them coming Stay out like Jim cars. Carrey came out with like his eyes crossed and like a piece of wood embedded in his head yeah and it's just like you know what that takes balls for them to laugh at their own shit. And for people who don't know that that was like literally right after the LA riots. Yeah, that was pretty much during right. them practically. Yeah, that, you know? like that takes that stuff that that wouldn't happen today. No, there no. was a level of punk rock in that show, yep. and there was a level of because they'd bring on urban like hip hop acts to expose them to white culture, like yep. Tribe Called Quest and shit. Tribe. And I'd watch it with my friends, and I'd always just be like, "Man, like here's what Living Color did for me," and I'm grateful because it changed the way I sort of live. I watch Living Color, you know, I'm sitting home with my long ass hair and my weird jeans and my flannel and I'm like, oh, I'm not remotely cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not remotely cool. I thought I was cool. I'm like a cliche. It's like, I'm not remotely cool. And Um, And my takeaway from it was like, oh, like all these people that are different than me are all getting along and all these things yeah. and all the, and wow, it, it, it changed, it, it, it influenced my sense of humor. It, it influenced. Let it, me just call you out. You're married to a black woman. It obviously that, influenced a yeah. lot, you know, and <laughs> it opened true. doors for yeah. you to be aware of the normalcy between races and genders. Yeah. Now Jennifer Lopez was a dancer on that yeah, show Oh, she too. was a fly girl. Yeah. yeah. Yes, she was. I don't know if you could have fly girls nowadays. No, no, unfortunately, no. It is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. But now let's go back to a sketch comedy show. 
that uh, people don't give enough credit to. It is a Canadian sketch comedy SCTV. show. SCTV. Uh, and I think you know where I'm going. Yeah, is it Second City? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. This is uh, for how cutting edge this was. And and um, and they they went everywhere. Uh, if I say the movie that they created, you're going to... Oh, National Lampoon. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Groundlings? No. No. If I say Brain Candy. Oh, oh, Kids in the Hall. Very Kids in the Hall. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah. First off, that is my favorite theme song to a to a show, by the way. The Kids in the Hall yeah, theme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what What is um something men on a, a strange man on a strange planet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I bring them up because I watched them when they were starting to get that crossover into the US. And so you had four men. One you, who was openly gay. Yeah, you had four men. One who was openly gay. And one of their segments was him like lampooning the gay community yeah, yeah. like like he, he's making fun of himself but at the same time like making fun of all these things and he's not making fun of it in a way that's cruel he's making fun of it in a way that's observant I just, oh my god we our studio just got invaded by three terrorists <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm not gonna follow through with that joke i'm just knocking shit over i apologize yeah. but yeah and he, i mean that's another example of being exposed to things i mean kids in the hall was just irreverent it was yeah. a different kind of humor yeah, what is it? Forty-seven Helens agree. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you gotta you gotta frame this for people because we're talking foreign right now. Yeah. They probably have no idea what yeah. it even is. So. so, so the kids in the hall. It's it's sketch comedy show by by four gentlemen who were Canadian. So it was started on Canadian TV, and I bring that up because they didn't bring in extra. They did at some point, but they primarily played every single role. They would yeah. play the role of women. Every kid, they, every girl. Yeah, every they would play the role of kids. Child. They would play the gay role. They would play all these roles. And by the way, they, they played women well. They played women well. <laughs> they played yeah. women well. And when I say play women, I mean... Sometimes like, you couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally saying... This is literally one of their skits. Like, it's two women that work in like an operator for like AT&T. Like, they work in the office and it's just them about just like the, mon- the monotony. Yeah, just existing. Yeah, but it's just them being over the top like females and again they like i know this is right up rem's alley this is also up my alley too like without a skit without the kids in the hall there is no the whitest kids you know oh no of course no, i mean no. i mean and and what i love about the kids in the hall is the kids in the hall normalized they normalized so much for um for me they normalized the they normalized the like homosexuality they normalized cross-dressing like, like yeah take, all of it you know and, and they did it in a way where they didn't frame that tasteful as the punchline yeah it was tasteful they didn't frame it as the punchline yeah. so and i think you know i think that what we were raised on a lot of what we talked about today especially with the comedy is integral into our ability to make fun of ourselves and laugh yes. at ourselves really really well i mean me and bob's main source of, of humor is, is self-deprecation self-deprecation yeah, yeah. yes and oh. it's it's comforting. I for people who don't know, I mean, like I talk about it. I was I was bullied at one point when I was in school. I I think sadly looking back, I mean, yeah, if you were a popular kid, you, you weren't bullied. But like, yeah. not everyone's a popular kid. In fact, nope. most people aren't the popular kids. Uh, and what did I do to kind of get around that? Because the bullying for me was just like, uh, like ha ha ha, you get a bowl cut, your head looks like a dick, and you're fat, and you have bitch tits, like. And so what did I do? I just learned to joke better. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? No one can make fun of me better than I can make fun of myself. That's it. And so for many people that disarmed them and they moved on to somebody else who was, and for other people, it was literally, they knew it got under my skin. And then if they knew it didn't get under my skin, they were like, he's not fun. Yeah. I still, I mean, right now more than anything, especially my last profile on TikTok, a lot of it was just like, it was people, 
girls are always cool, dudes always hate. It's a jealousy thing. It is yep. what it is. But it would be so many, oh, this guy's old. This guy's geriatric. And I finally made a video saying, cool. That's like saying I'm white. Yeah. No shit, I'm old. Is that supposed to bother me that I'm more comfortable in my skin than all of y'all? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, But that's like the... Again, it's like, yeah, cool. You think I'm 40, I'm 70. Fuck you. I'm yeah. on my deathbed typing this. Like, it, that stuff is never. As soon as I learned to own being chunky, too, as a kid, that was hugely empowering. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, you're so original. It's like that scene from Roxanne with where um, Steve Martin's playing Sarno de Bergerac, yeah. and, he, and he, he gets burned about the nose thing. Yeah. He's like, yo, that sucked. Like, here's 20 burns. That are better than your fucking burn. And boom. Yeah. And that's always how I do it too. I'm like, yep. oh, look at this person being so novel, you know? And any burn anyone can do because of that, I've learned burns that are just more poignant. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? But you're right. If you own your shit, it stops making it a flaw. Mm-hmm. It becomes a strength. And and so if I can tie that in. I why- love being a chunky boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm f- Listen, I eat well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, chunky boys is going to be the name of the podcast yeah. <laughs> starting next month <laughs> chunky boys Ch- chunky boys chunky podcast you know? <laughs> the, the, probably a pretty good name actually rocks and remy's rocky road podcast <laughs> yeah, we eat ice cream yeah um but another area where like let's go back to the sketch comedy all that so i would watch all that as that like as i'm getting picked on in school and then i can go watch all that and it's like on the one hand it's like okay i can make fun of myself but then on the other hand it's like all right, this is portrayed to me this way. How come it's yeah? <laughs> now it's not translating? And that was like one of those first times in my life where I realized, oh, the narrative's different. The real world is a little different. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't one of those where it's like, I was like, oh, well, fuck them. It was more like a realization. Okay, so they're portraying either what, what the world should be like or they're portraying uh, an aspect of that real world, but it's not my real. And yeah, sadly, it's, it's not my real world. And I mean that, it, that, that, that fiction wouldn't be fun if it was represented accurately. No, no. Even nonfiction, I no. think there needs it would to just be, be a painful reminder yeah, of your everyday life. Pulling a bandaid off over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what is some other good show? Like it's not so because we've talked about like late eighties to mid nineties. Well, I mean, you know, and we're talking we, talk, we talked about sci fi shows, but we we skipped, skipped right over Outer Limits, Twilight Zone. Yeah, um, th- those were profound, generally pretty profound. Like, and to prove it, they yep. just did the reboot two years ago, and no single episode was nearly as profound as the original run. Exactly. Even with Jordan Peele writing it and hosting it. Oh. I know it it's was so just talented. it's not it's not remarkable you could watch both seasons and I would ask you to tell me one story from them and you wouldn't remember them or, or even even while we're on the topic of let's go back to the alien nation oh my god yeah. man that show was so cool it was it we was could we could time. use a reboot of that right now I yeah. could see that being done well uh because it was a movie and a show yeah yeah and this show started in 1987 I believe uh Star Trek the next generation <sighs> So uh, the best Star Trek. It's arguably. the best Star Trek. Yeah. Fight me on that. No, no. You, and, you, and you'll lose. Not, not you, Rem. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, I'm I agree with that, though. You know, Make Jean, it so. Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, the Data. greatest. Data had sex on that show, for crying it's out loud. It's fucking Data, bro. Yeah, he's the man. Little whiny Wesley. Yeah. The Whoopi. Whoopi was on Whoopi that show. Gover was Whoopi was the bartender. Was, Whoopi was the bartender on the Star Trek. She was <laughs> essentially like um, the, the cantina from Star Wars in one person. Yeah. And she's, she's basically the equivalent of Mo. Yeah, she just gives wisdom and like yeah. she, yeah, you could tell like it seemed like half her stuff was just improv by her. Oh, sugar, yeah. you know, it's like God, that that whoopee energy is just so pure. Man, we've and we've covered so much. It's hard so, when you're yeah. in the in the heart of it because you're in the storm trying to remember and pull. You're right? Okay, I got okay. Wonder Years. 
Wonder Years was a great show. Loved it. So, so just like I, my whole, my generation connected to that, our generation connected to that show, yeah. like, like so intensely because we'd never seen ourselves. Oh, dude, my so-called life. You're right. There's too much to talk exactly, about. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, I think my wife would want to be on for that one because she absolutely loves Jared Leto. Yeah. yeah Jared yeah. Leto's a heck of an interesting guy. Yeah. I, but, but even if she's a fan, I bad news. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's having a kill streak. It's not going well for him at all. Post. Post his weird Joker, he's a really good actor, and I think he would have done some really interesting things. And I think there was an injustice. Is he the worst Joker? Yeah, maybe. But it's also we spent the least amount of time with him. Yeah, I think Leto got shit on. I think he's a really interesting actor, but he's making yep. t- Mo- Mobius or whatever. Morbius is terrible. Like he's just making these terrible films now, and I don't know. Plus, you know about his, his last- cult. You know about his cult. Oh yeah, yeah. His last good role was in the uh, Dallas, Dallas Buyers, Buyers Club. Club. Yeah, yeah. He was him and him and Matthew McConaughey were phenomenal. Well, I mean, and yeah. after that, it was like, oh, this guy's playing the Joker. If he played the Joker the way he played the um, AIDS victim, yep, it would have been cooler. Mm-hmm. It would have been more haunting. He just did too much. That's it. He did too much. And folks, that's how long that Jared Leto's been with us. We can talk about we grew up with him. Yeah, we can talk about 1993 to today. I hated him when my so-called life was on because every girl I dated would sweated him so bad. Yeah, yeah. He was a beautiful man that played. He was like a skinny version of me. I hated that. I hated him. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you make my girlfriends have a feeling for lust outside of anyone but me? Well, I think we covered a lot of ground, and hope people, uh, you know. Could te- get some good takeaways from what we talked about on the show today. Uh, oh, wait. Someone's at the door. Oh. Hold on. Let me just... Hey, you guys going to be in here much longer? The building's closed down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Bazinga. That's uh, the old janitor of our building. He just came in and he's giving us the old get out. Yeah, he wants some... Pla- uh, okay, I'm not going to make that joke. Yeah, I felt, I felt uh, something bad coming. Yeah, I was going they're, someplace dark. They're doing some Pornhub snuff yeah. filming after we oh, leave. Oh, man. All right. So, yeah, until the next time, folks, uh, you know, sorry about the rabbit hole at the end, but hey, this shit is going to happen. Don't be sorry. But as always, uh, we look forward to you guys joining us again on the next XOP. Uh, And until next time, take care. Have a wonderful night, people. We appreciate you.